Welcome to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. While enjoying this podcast, please share it out on your social media and also be sure to like the podcast on the service of your choice. This week, we have Brian Corbett from Smoke and Scullies, who's been on a 12-month hot streak, including winning the 2021 Royal Oak Shootout. So please join me in welcoming Brian Corbett. And also, a shout out to his boy, Kendall. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word. All capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, pit pod. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. All right, we're here with a very good friend of mine, Brian Corbett from Smoke and Scully's. How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Doing good. Hope you are, Luke. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. This is not your first time on the show. No, no, I was actually... Uh had the luxury or a privilege, whatever you want to call it, of being on here with, uh, with our good friend, Matt Griner, uh, after we, after we had the TV show on the, uh, Moonshiners smoke ring. That's right. It, probably since about then, or maybe even a little before that, you've been on what we like to call a little bit of a heater. <laughs> yeah. In the poker world, that's what, that's what we call a heater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've had a, I've had a good last 12, 12 calendar months from now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, nice, nice win this weekend at Jimbo's and STEM North Carolina is very cool to see. And, yep. And I'm uh, staring at your Royal Oak check from last fall. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But it's been good. Cause I think we started cooking right around the same time. I, if I recall, we started in, Either twelve or thirteen. I want to say it was thirteen. It was about the same time, though, right? Yeah, it was about the same time. My very first contest was in April of two thousand and eleven um, in Edenton, North Carolina. And I, you know, funny story about that. People always ask me how I got into barbecue, and uh, I love tailgating, tailgating football games, concerts, children's soccer games. I didn't care, man. We love tailgating. You know, cooking out, hanging out, music you know, beverage, whatever. And for whatever reason, one fall and uh, Saturday in October, there was not a, there was not a football game for us to go to. East Carolina was playing away. North Carolina was playing away. And, uh, my wife said, you know, her brother was cooking a barbecue contest in Rocky Mount. And she said, let's go over there and check it out. And I was like, well, we ain't got nothing else better to do. And I went over there and I was like, Whoa, they're tailgating barbecue. And, uh, and I asked him, I was like, when, when do y'all get here? And he said, Thursday. And I was like, when are you leaving? He said, Sunday. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you get to tailgate for like three or four straight days and all you have to do is cook a little bit of barbecue? And he said, yeah, not quite like that, but yeah, similar. I see how you get it. And I was like, well, I got to look into this. And, uh, <laughs> and I did, uh, you know, started cooking some barbecue at, at the house, you know, messing around. I found a contest in Edenton, North Carolina. And I said, man, there will be nobody there. So if I get my butt kicked and finish dead last, uh, and however this thing is judged or scored, I don't know. But if I finish last, nobody will know it. And the first two people I saw when I pulled up was Tuffy Stone and Myron Mixon. 
And I literally had to like kind of tap the horn for them to separate for me to pull through. I called my buddies who were, you know, a couple hours behind me from leaving. And I said, well, you remember those guys we see on TV? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, two of them are here. I had to like beat the horn to get them to separate from talking so I could get in. And they were like, oh, okay. So <laughs> finished sixth in pork and fourth in ribs that contest, man. That was the hook. That was the hook. That was the most expensive two calls of all time. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. 11 years later, here I am. Yep. <laughs> I tell people all the time, they're like, what was the best thing about your first two calls? I was like, well, that I got them. I was like, but those two calls cost, uh, you know, I don't oh. even know, probably six figures at this point. Probably. I don't even want to calculate it. If I could go back and calculate it, I would not want to. And you've been, yeah, I mean, since we've known each other, which has been pretty much the whole time I've been cooking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've gone through some gear. You've, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I've, I've seen you with just about every different cooker out there. Man, you know, I like to play golf. I know you do as well. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you've got a really a hobby that you're addicted to, you, you kind of get some of that shiny object syndrome. And, uh, you know, and I just, I like to tinker sometimes, man. And so I've cooked on, I've cooked on quite a few cookers <laughs> over the years. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I remember 270. I think you did that for not that long. You had backwoods for a little bit. You had. Deep South. Deep South. Yeah, the BQ BQ Grills right here in Elm City. They made a smoker for a year or two. I, I cooked on it for a couple of years. That's what I got my first win on. That's yep. right. That's right. Yep. Now now it's an outlaw. Now it's an outlaw. I've been on the outlaw three years. I don't see this one changing, though. <laughs> I don't see this one changing. Now I got to cook out in outlaw country this past weekend out in uh, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. And yeah. uh, Jay was no, there. He was there, and uh, we. It's funny because he and I like talk all the time, and I send him people looking for offsets all the time. And right. for some reason, I mean, now Kim and I were there for a total of about nine hours in the cook site. <laughs> uh, we got there late Friday, prepped, left, came back, cooked, left right after turn-ins, and uh, he sent me a message. He's like, "Man, I'm really sorry we didn't get to meet and hang out." And I was like, "Yeah, I am too, but I'm kind of." Kind of glad too, because I know you'd probably talk me into another pit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jay, Jay's probably a better salesman than he gives himself credit for. But uh, man, he's a really cool dude. I can I can shoot him a text message just about at any point in time, and uh, man, the response is quick. You know, if I've just got a quick question, or you know, hey man, contact like you know, kind of like you, hey, con- you know, this guy here's looking at these, we'll be calling you guys, right. Uh, He's got some questions about, you know, switching this up or, you know, but if I've got some questions, I mean, back when I first got mine, I mean, you know, just learning how to manage a fire on a, on an offset stick burner, you know, and uh, who better to go to than the guy that built it. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, so if I ever wanted to hit him up with a couple of questions, even now, and, you know, if I do well at a contest, he'll shoot me a text and say, man, you're, you're killing it. You know, and uh, <laughs> the, my pit, my outlaw pit is actually, the first one he ever sold uh wow. it's the second one he ever built if i'm not mistaken but it's the first one he ever sold yep not not to me i'm i'm the third owner i think yeah so yeah that's pretty uh, cool i i think i i think i saw the first ever pit this weekend in indiana oh really 
I think so. Uh, and I can't remember the team's name and please forgive me guys. Cause I know you listen. Um, but they, they showed it to me and they were like, this is the very first one, you yeah. know, that, that came off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was surrounded by them this weekend, but I held my yeah. own in the Jambo. I did all right. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I mean, I've cooked, I've cooked on both of them and, uh, no, I've never owned a Jambo, but I've cooked on a Jambo when I've cooked, you know, I've been mutt and I, uh, Brian Turner with Muttley Crew, uh, Shannon's Shannon's pit dude. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, fair to I, call him a pit bitch. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> but um, but you know, he and I have cooked on the Outlaw together. We've cooked on his Jambo. He's got a Jambo and Outlaw. We've cooked on that together, and uh, it's it's just fire management. That's that's what it's about. Just fire management. So, right, and that's. You know, for years coming up with the people that we came up with and everything, it was always, I was always told, you do not have the mentality or the discipline to run a stick burner and it's really hard and you got to pay a lot of attention. And I was scared of it for a long time. I mean, I was told that by a lot of people. And then I bought one and I cooked on it once and I said, okay. Well, this myth has been busted because this is about the damn easiest pit to run in the world. It's when, when you figure out how to run that clean fire, there's nothing to it. And, uh, and I had, so backstory, some good friends of mine who cook barbecue at the time, I met them through barbecue. Uh, they won rock the contest in Rocky Mount in 2012 or 13. I think it was 12. And then we, I went to the American Royal with them the following year and uh, and my job was to cook pork. Well, they cooked on a lane, 60 or 84. I can't remember, but it was so freaking cold at the Royal. And that <laughs> that uninsulated firebox, man, it felt like we were just feeding that thing sticks. And uh, I said that after we left that weekend cooking that double, I was like, I will never own a stick burner, never. And a couple, <laughs> couple years go by, three or four years ago, four years ago, I think it was, uh Brian Turner called me and he was like, Hey man, do you want to go do this Ironman in Pennsylvania? That's right. I remember and, that. Uh, and I was like, what's the Ironman? And it was, you know, where you cook one brisket, one butt, one rack of ribs and seven pieces of chicken. I think yep. is all you're even legally allowed to have in your cook site. And, uh, really cool contest. And I was like, yeah, man, let's go do that. So he cooked two meats. I cooked two meats and he had just bought my outlaw. It was his. And he said, we'll take that because you can't have any electronics, no fans, no gurus, no anything. And I was like, all right, man, we'll figure it out. And uh, (laughs) I sat out there with that thing all morning, Saturday morning. And I was like, hmm. And he was talking about getting a new outlaw. So we finished, I think, third at the contest. Yeah, I remember that. And we left and we weren't probably five miles from the, from the Ironman on Saturday night on a drive back, probably about five miles. And I was like, Hey man, you know, you're talking about selling that pit. He's like, yeah. I said, you're not gonna, I'm buying it. <laughs> it, just, it will not go up for sale. When you get ready, it's mine. And he was like, you got a deal. And, uh, I never thought I'd like it, but I'm kind of like you, man. Once you cook on one of those insulated fireboxes, it's just like, this is a game changer. It's easy. Right, and the flavor difference as compared to a a gravity or a water cooker like a backwoods. I mean, and you and I were both successful in both those type of pits. Yeah, yeah. 
but there's just something about the flavor and there's something about it that's a touch romantic cooking on something <laughs> like that. I mean, it really yeah. is. It, it It's, I think I mean, live fire cooking is, is a bit sexy myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, this turned weird real quick. Uh, <laughs> but man, I think you could, you could literally cook on anything and win. I mean, you know, day two and day two in Urbana, Virginia. I mean, Uncle Pig's Barbecue Pit, we were both there. I mean, those guys rocked out a 710 um, on a Deep South and a, a pellet and smoker of some sort. I think it's a Traeger, if I'm not and, mistaken. But, and a gateway. And yeah, a gateway. Yeah. I mean, they, they cover everything but a stick burner, and they, they just, I mean, they walked a dog on everybody that day. So yeah. I think, you know, it's what you get used to, what you get locked into, and what you can really, instead of focusing on – trying to keep your cook going you're focusing on finishing your meat getting it tender i mean whatever you feel comfortable with is what you need to cook on right and that's the number one rule is know thy cooker i mean yes Mm -hmm. you gotta gotta know how it responds to certain things and and i i kind of find like cooking on the the jambos and the offsets that every jambo i've cooked on which at this point is in like 11 or 12 different ones. They're all the same. They yeah. all react the same. They all behave the same. And I know what I need to do. If I need to pull something out of my hat, I know mm-hmm. how to do it. Now I'm not saying I know all the tricks, but you know, no. but you know how to adjust if the, if it's colder, hotter, the winds blowing one direction versus the other. Um, you know, there's some, there's some little tricks there that you can, that you learn and, and if you learn them, it makes life a heck of a lot easier. You know, you right. take out that variable is like, I tried to do the same thing as last week and it just didn't work. You know, I don't, I try not to ever want to say that if we can. And uh, if <laughs> my biggest variable is just playing the wind, it's like playing golf, man. If you play the wind right, you know, you can score well regardless of the conditions. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I love how each cook is different. Oh, they all are. Yeah. Yeah, they that's, all are. They're none, that's, none the same. Right. And that's that's a lot of fun that you know, you have to react and you have to you have to play the conditions and that's what makes it fun. I mean mm-hmm. you know, I was, this past I was, weekend past weekend my ribs were off uh they were off and in the Cambro at I don't know, ten thirty, ten forty, something like that. I mean forty five minutes to almost an hour earlier than what they normally are, and there was nothing done differently. Uh, with the pit, with the ribs, with, you know, anything, it was, I went to go just, I put my probe in and, uh, and it, was, it started sounding off immediately. And I was like, well, let me check these things. Maybe I was touching the outside of the bone or something. And I opened up the full and I was like, yeah, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, man. You know, you don't leave them in there just because you, you got to do something with them and you got, I had to figure it out. And I, I must have, I finished first, but. Um, That's yeah, awesome. you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of change with it. You gotta roll with it. Right. Right. So you talked about, you know, learning different tricks and things. So where, where do you get your, your assistance from? Who do you call on when you got questions about whether it's the offset or if you're having problems with the meat, like who's, who's your, what's your support system like? Oh man. My number one go-to Brian Turner, Motley crew. Um, he and I talk weekly. 
Uh, and it could be, I mean, it doesn't have to be about barbecue. It could be about, about anything. You know, he is, he's probably my, probably my number one person. I, I know, not probably, he is my number one person I go to. I, you know, I talk to Matt Griner a lot. You know, he and I were on that TV show together and, and he and I, you know, took Jim Burke's class way back in the day, I think in 2013 together. That's where I met him. And, uh, you know, so we become very good friends. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to give some of my first place rib credit to Matt Griner this past weekend because uh, after day two in Urbana, I think I had 33rd ribs, but it's still like a 170. But uh, I text him on Monday. And I was like, dude, this rib roller coaster is, you know, is, is up and down, up and down. He said, I have no doubt you'll figure it out. And then we ended up on the phone and we were just kind of talking through a couple things. And, um, you know, he kind of clued me in on something that I forgot, you know, just something simple. And uh, I was like, dang, man, I've, I've been forgetting to do that, I think. And uh, so I, you know, did it this weekend and. You know, so it worked out. But I mean, those two dudes are probably my number one. I've I've had my fair share of conversations with you, Mr. Luke. Um, <laughs> you know, you and I have kind of bounced a few ideas off of each other, and um, you know, either at contest or you know, there's been times when I've called you and I'm like, hey, dude, <laughs> you got to help a brother out, man. <laughs> you <know? laughs> got to help a brother out. I'm, I'm missing something here. What's up? Let's talk through it. And uh, you know, so I mean. Those two guys, uh, you outside of that, man, there's uh, just a couple people here and there I might hit up every now and again. And um, But here in North Carolina, there's a lot of teams, man. So yeah, you, know, you find yourself around a Ryan, Ryan yourself around a solo stove on Thursday night a whole lot. And, you know, you can kind of bounce some ideas off everybody. And, I'm man, I'm an open book. I don't mind helping anybody out. Um, you know, especially you got to tell – you going to tell everybody what little thing you're forgetting on ribs? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, sure, I will. It's, <laughs> it's super simple, and some people are going to sit there and roll their eyes and be like, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> but, man, I was, taking, I was taking my ribs off, and I was going straight to the camera. And, you know, Matt was like, when would you quit venting them? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, venting them. So they stopped cooking for, you know, 15, 20, 30 seconds, minute, whatever. You know, when, you know. That's what I've been doing. That's what you did it too. And I was like, holy shit, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So because I've, I've been getting mushy comment cards, you know, slightly overcooked, follow, and I'm like, whenever when I'm pulling them off, they're not. I don't understand it. Well, you know, I'm they're sealed tight going right in that hot box. And they're still going. Going, no, going to where, I mean, who knows where, you know. Right. And, uh, and I'm, I'm slicing them and I'm like, Man, what in the world is going on? And uh, so then I was trying to undercook them, you know, and I'm trying to figure out what, what they're doing. And I mean, <laughs> so this weekend I opened them up and I was like, yep, they're perfect. And I let them vent for like, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds and then shut them back down. And there they went. And when I sliced them, I was like, Psh. you know, I mean, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it funny? It's, you know, I, I rolled this weekend without a camera because we took just the pickup in the pit. We cooked out of a U-Haul. Right on, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were going to pop up it. Then we looked at the weather and it said snow, blowing 30. And I'm like, well, okay. We need so, a trailer or something. Right. So we got to Indianapolis, drove down to the U-Haul, got a box truck, came down, set up two tables in the box truck, a little propane disc heater. Yep. And Kim, Kim goes, so what's your proposal on when meat comes off? 
She's like, because you didn't bring a camera. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and I just got to thinking about it. And, you know, the ribs generally, I don't even put them in there anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was screwing around with this pork thing and it wasn't going in there. The brisket, I think it's better without putting it in there. So I went without it this weekend and everything yeah. seemed to work out a little bit. You know, it was. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of us get trapped in a box, uh, I guess, pun intended on the hot box. But a lot of times we, yeah. we we're prone, we're prone to get trapped into a box that something has to do this or that or the other because we did it one time and it worked or because you see somebody else do it that, you know, might be doing well. And you're like, Oh my God, you know, I've got to, I've got to smoke my tinfoil. You know, and right. you, know, you know what I'm saying? You say, and that I've got to do that. And you don't know why. You don't know why they're doing it, what, you know, what it is, what it does for you. And I, there's no telling how many times I've been guilty of it. You've been guilty of it. You just said it. You might put something in the Cambro that's perfect. And when you come out, you're like, well, I guess I overcooked it. You know, well, I mean, you did and the Cambro did. You know, right. I mean, I'm not knocking a Cambro by any stretch. I mean, we all have them. We all use them, and we probably should more than we shouldn't. But just because you have one sitting there, if your brisket is overcooked, doesn't mean you put it in that hot box. You've got to salvage it somehow. You right. know, and, and learning those little things is is can make a big difference in your end results. Absolutely. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it any better, man. Like, you know, you got to – <laughs> the one one of those things that you just mentioned the people that talk about the shiny side of foil and the other side of foil oh my and, God. Yeah. and i'm like I, i've had i've had several people ask me that they're like when you wrap and you do that and you do this and i go when it comes out of that roller how it lands on my board is exactly the side that's up i couldn't right. tell you hell i didn't even know there was a shiny and a dull side until somebody brought it to my kitchen <laughs> right it's not like it's not like we're reflecting sunlight and sending s- secret signals across the campsite no, no it's just you're... it's just holding heat in it's all it's doing yeah, it's, it's all it's doing <laughs> holding heat holding moisture that's the only thing it's doing oh uh, yeah that's my favorite I, i'm not insulating I, my house with it yeah no i and i do that shit in class i tell people i only cook i only cook left-handed left briskets off a cow <laughs> yeah. because because all cows are right-handed <laughs> you know so and people just and they're, they're they're writing it down fast you see two or three people write it down you're like geez man gosh yeah but that's kind of what we've created with all these classes and every little step and everything and it is yeah it uh is. and i mean it's made barbecue better in my opinion and that you know, if you know what you're doing and you know how to cook and you can go out there and, and get started in that manner, it's keeping people in the game a lot longer, I think. I, I think 100%. And it's, it's, it's keeping teams, new teams that, that take the time out in the beginning and go take a good class, It it their learning curve is tremendously corrected. Um, and it allows them to enjoy this hobby more. Uh, you don't have to win to enjoy it, but it is nice to hear your name called, um, you know, and keep that fire going, you know, in you to improve your cook. You know, if you get a call in ribs, if you get a call in pork, 
you know, and you're close in chicken. It's like, oh man, you know, I got a you know, Tuesday night, honey, we're eating chicken for dinner. Just FYI, I'm cooking a pan of chicken, and uh, I've got an idea I want to try. I mean, so but classes have have really, really improved this uh, what some people call a sport of hobby. barbecue. Hobby. Yeah, it's a hobby. It's a hobby. It's a hobby <laughs> any way you shake it. So yeah, it's a hobby any way you shake it. Yeah, I love it. I love when people retire. I'm like, you can't retire from a hobby. You just find a different hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just quit showing up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, it's not that your contract was up and that you didn't get a new one. Like you just quit showing up. <laughs> right. I I played golf today in uh, Cleveland with Rick. And, uh, oh yeah. I got a big match coming up in May. I got to get ready for. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> maybe a two, maybe a two day event. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what'd you shoot? I gotta know. <laughs> I shot eighty. Oh, okay. I shot eighty five with three doubles. I had one double, three birdies, forty two, thirty eight. Three birdies. Look at this nonsense. All right, and I had three birdies. I'll, I'll I got lucky. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the last time I had three birdies in a round. To be honest. Well, I'll have to get to the range a little bit more here in the next three, four weeks. Did I say eighty? I meant ninety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just cost you a couple shots, is what that did. Uh, <laughs> 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 Let's get into some rituals and stuff. I know that you you aren't superstitious at all, are you? Oh Jesus! Yeah, I man, I mean, I've been a sports fan my whole life. I've played sports my whole life. It's part of my competitive drive that I have in this hobby of ours, in golf and fishing, and invent a game today. And I'm going to be—I might not be good at it, but I'm going to be competitive with it. Um, so, I mean, you—I don't feel like you can be a big sports fan, a big athlete, anything without having some sort of superstition. So, I do—I do have—I do have some. Um, that I don't like to share, but no, <laughs> but, yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, you got to give uh, us one, Brian. Um, then I'm going to share one of my observations, but I'm start not going to with your observation. Let's start I'll with, start with observation. my observation. Okay. I know when you've had a good one, if I don't see you between turn-ins and awards, if if I don't see you, I know that the King of Myrtle Beach has come for us. <laughs> That's that, that, that is that is one of my superstitions. If I if I feel like I've had a good one, I tip I will hunker down in my trailer, take me a nap, clean up. Uh, you won't see me outside, you know, uh, talking to a bunch of people, shaking hands, hugging babies, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, that is one of my things. Yeah. That's, now there's going to be people sitting outside my trailer. <laughs> yeah. You um, didn't have to confirm it. That was your yeah. own choice. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, I think I've got a. There's. This is foolish. This is just a, this is just a superstitious thing, right? So, you know the the white cotton gloves we all wear underneath yeah. our latex. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like having your lucky socks or your lucky underwear or whatever, uh, playing basketball or something. 
if I have a really, really good cook and the results prove it, not just because I thought so, but the results prove that I had a really, really good cook, uh, they come home, they get washed, they go back in the box with my rubs and stuff, and then they get used again at the next cook-off. If I have a really, really bad cook, they're the first thing in the trash can when the cook's over. Like, if I just completely crap the bed on this deal, those white cottons are gone. I can't wear those anymore. It's the bad luck tie for basketball coaches. It's like, yep, this yeah. one's not it. Yeah. Um, you Man, know, so. that's, that's not. See yeah. what happens when I do this podcast and I hear stupid shit like this. <laughs> is that I will then go do that in the next contest. Be like, well, piss on this and I'll throw him away. And Kim will be like, well, why'd you do that? I thought, well, Brian brought it up on the last podcast. So, you know, it was like Bobby Stanfield got on here and I said, what's so superstition? He's like, I have to take each of my knives and I have to run them over the home 21 times. Oh my. And I was like, okay. So like the next five contests I'd go out and hit 21 and Kim's like, what are you doing? <laughs> now I've, now I've adjusted up to 30. So now I do 30 on the home. But, uh, and I just use it as a meditation time, but yeah, yeah I get, I pick up more bullshit from you guys. And then I, I'm like, well, that seems like a good idea. Cause I, I didn't do that before. Yeah. Nah, that's pretty good, man. That's, those are both really good. And that, the one is one that I, cause I do take notice. I do like, you, you called me out on that Myrtle beach last year. Yep. And- you're the first person in years that has ever noticed it. And, uh, and Myrtle beach in March of last year, I won and you came over to the trailer and you knocked on the door and actually went to the door and you were like, where's Scully? And she was like, Oh, he's taking a nap. And he was like, you come over there, I think twice. And then at awards, you looked at me halfway through and you're like, Oh, you had a good one, didn't you? <laughs> oh, like, because Ashley was selling that shit too. She was like, "Yeah, he he wasn't too happy. He just went to sleep." And I'm like, "This is some bullshit." <laughs> and you're like, "You had a good one, didn't you?" And I was like, "Shh." <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Myrtle Beach contests were fun. Oh, they were. They were. But I think I that's it. you know it, when we talk about barbecue. You know, and you mentioned your first time going to Rocky Mountain, and the guy was like, we get there Thursday, we leave Sunday. You know, I think you guys and Mutz and, you know, and we try to do it as much as we can. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, you know, bringing barbecue back to the way it used to be when we started and people get oh, there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's when super started, important. When you started, I mean, everybody was in, you know, 10 by 10 easy up tents, you know, you had your equipment sitting on a lawn care trailer, you know, (laughs) I mean, you were out there and there was more camaraderie uh, back then in barbecue, I think. And uh, than what there is now. And, and, and I'll give KCBS some credit, MABA some credit uh, with them really focusing on backyard starting two, three years ago. Um, they started bringing some of that camaraderie back because the energy was back from those guys that were new, you know, and a lot of them didn't and, and don't have 
trailers that they're hunkered in and they're not talking to anybody and they're scared to death. Somebody's going to see their shaker of smoking guns hot. Um, you know, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or whatever, like, Oh my God, I got a door blues hot here. I don't want anybody to see my secret sauce. You know, um, you know, you, you, that, that energy was back. And, uh, we really saw that Thursday night in Urbana. I mean, just, it seemed like there was 300 teams there and there probably weren't 35 at the time on Thursday night, but everybody was mingling and out and, you know, just having a great time, man. And that's, to me, that's what a lot of barbecue is about. I mean, we go and we cook barbecue and and our competitive nature wants to do well and and we spend a bunch of money. And so you want to do well because of that, but just the camaraderie that the friendships that barbecue has brought me in my life has been tremendous. And, uh, and that's what I love about Thursday nights and Saturday nights, you know, Friday night's kind of getting down to business a little bit, but you know, Thursday night and Saturday night is just fun. Thursday nights go out someplace and yeah, have a, have a blast. It's always, that's exactly right. Yep. Always a great time. So when you hear the word successful in barbecue, whose names pop into your mind first? The first name is probably Tuffy Stone and Myron Nixon. Um, see what those two guys have done with barbecue. When you say barbecue, I think about the whole gamut of barbecue. When you, when you think about, I mean, if you narrowed it down to contest, you, I could argue both of those guys in that conversation as well. Um, but when you see what they've done with barbecue as a whole uh, for such a long period of time, um, it's, it's really, really impressive to see the commitment to their brand and, and to barbecue and, their continuation and the love of barbecue. It's not just about their brand. I mean, those two guys really do love barbecue. So um, th- those two guys are the first ones to come to mind. There's many, many more, but those are the first two to come to mind. And they've really done a great job as ambassadors for for the hobby and for what we all do in terms of and applying that to people in the backyard, which is, I think, at the end of the day, you know, teaching people how to cook better food in their backyard is really where we're all going anyway. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, and I know that you've taught before and you've, you've helped out a bunch of people. And I think, you know, it's given that, that part back that is where we really make, make the most change that in what we do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've taught, I've taught one little private class and, uh, with with a uh, couple teams came and and did kind of a one on one deal and that was a lot of fun and man, and to see them get their name called man that's it's so exciting and then you know I've done some other classes up there at Grill Billy's Barbecue Supply in Wendell um, you know Joe's been nice enough to have us over there Matt and I and do uh, ribs and brisket and that's just been a lot of fun and you know and a lot of guys that don't even care to compete come to those things and man those are the ones that sometimes are the most excited to be there and yeah. uh, you get the the best questions and uh, teaching barbecue outside of classes is probably, I've done more of that than anything. I've never done a big class per se where like, I know you've done quite a few classes and been, been quite successful with them. And uh, obviously Brad and Tim and, and Joe Pierce and those guys and, and has done great. I've never done any of those. Um, but just being in my community, people, I mean, I get texts all the time. Hey man, I'm thinking about doing my first brisket. Can you, can you give a brother some help? You know, on I don't want to screw it up real bad. I'm, you know, I'm doing a, a brisket for the first time for my kid's birthday party, and I'm like, <laughs> you step right off into that, huh? You know? Wrong choice. 
uh, you know, so I mean, I've helped so many people that way, and it's always so cool, man, to get that text message, that picture, and they're just unbelievably excited at how good it is. And you know, whether whether it's good by my standards or not, it's not important. Uh, but it's good by theirs and their family, and that's that's so awesome to me. Yeah, man. No, that's the best. And we've talked a lot about the camaraderie and the changes in comp in competition barbecue. And I'm going to try and recreate a conversation that you and I had recently. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, because a lot of, there's some teams out there and some people in competition barbecue that they really get zoned in on, okay, what's the entry fee and what's the prize purse and, well, I'm not going to go there because this prize purse is X. Yeah. And, and, I, and you and I got to talking one day, I think it was on at barbecue gives back. And, and I asked you, I think I said, when's the last time you looked at a prize purse? And you were like, I don't remember the last time I looked at a prize purse. Cause it does not even factor in whether I go to a contest or not. It's zero consideration in whether or not I sign up and show up at that zero consideration i don't look i don't ever see it if the intro email they send out has it first of all i'm not good at reading those emails just ask brian and shannon turner um <laughs> they'll send me a text on thursday morning they'll be like hey dude don't forget the potluck tomorrow night i'm like crap is there a potluck that gets in the email but uh yeah, and, i mean so stuff like that but if it's if it's not part of their marketing scheme where it's like the biggest thing that they use. I don't ever look, I could care less. I don't go there for the prize purse. I go there to, to cook wood barbecue. I go there to kick everybody's butt and then have a laugh with them before and after. Um, and more times than not, I get my butt kicked, you know? So, um, that's what it's about. It's, hundred percent. These people that, yeah. uh, I mean, to each his own, right? No, man, I agree a hundred percent. Like, I'm you know, people bring it up to me all the time and it's, and they, and they look at me like I should care or know the answer. Like they always ask me, do you know what the price purse is? No, man, I don't. If I cared no. about price purses, I wouldn't have driven to Indianapolis on Friday all day to cook a contest and then leave first thing Saturday. I went, to Indiana because there's a bunch of people there that I hadn't seen in a long time. It was a new state for me and Kim. It was our 29th state that we've cooked in. Yep. And that that's important to us, you know, and that's, and that's why we went and did it. And we try yep. and get a new state every year. And I just remember that conversation that you and I had. And I was like, this is, this is some good shit for the podcast. Because it doesn't matter if you want to cook it. It doesn't cook matter. It. it doesn't matter. I, you know, I, I mean, and, the same thing with the jack draw. Now I do I do pay attention to the jack draw if it's a jack qualifier. You know that I do pay attention, but I, I would I would I will say this, I would go cook a contest that was not a jack qualifier as long as it was still a case to be a sanctioned contest. And there are a lot of teams that have never won that will not go cook a 13 team contest because it's not a jack qualifier. And I'm like you know, but I sit there and think to myself, but you've never won a contest, you know, like, you know, and I'm not, I mean, would it suck to win one and not be a, but you're not an auto, you know, it's not an automatic into it. Um, so go, go win. I'd rather win than, you know, go win, go get an experience of a cook in under your belt. 
you qualify for the Royal. It's not like you get nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like you get nothing here. I mean, you're going to the World Series of Barbecue, you know, that uh, I don't know. It just there are certain things that that people look at whenever they're trying to decide if they want to go cook a contest or not. They just kind of make me scratch my head a little. Yeah. I mean, my number one concern is, can I? Yeah, <laughs> like do I right. have the number? Do I have the time? Number two, are there going to yep. be friends there, or are there going to? That's a big concern. Or is there going to be a bunch of people there who I haven't met yet? Because that's cool right. too. Exactly. And uh, yep. I I love both things. I got to meet some cool dudes in uh, Indiana this weekend. Some guys that I've only known online, and mm-hmm. uh, and it was just uh, it was a lot of fun, man. It was you know. We had a snowball fight on Saturday morning because of the blizzard that rolled through, and it, it was just it was just a stupid good time, man. And it just made <laughs> me think of that conversation that you and I had a couple yep. weeks prior. So, yep. Wow, man, we've already talked for forty minutes. I think we could talk for two hours and forty minutes if we wanted to. <laughs> I agree, and I think I asked you two of my questions, which is awesome. Oh, good. But you know that I can't let you off the hook on the short, quick fires. Oh boy. Okay. Hit me with them. All right. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Uh, I think it's probably been said on this podcast before, but uh, the, the complaints on judges scoring and wanting um, justification through social media on taste and tenderness scores based on a picture. And I I mean, I can lick my phone all I want to, but I can't taste what your chicken was. I mean, does it look good? Yes. Did you get all nines? You probably did. And then your score sheet that you've also posted shows it, but they dinged you on taste or tenderness, man. And I mean, I can't, you can't can't make that determination on here. And that's, that's a kind of a a pet peeve of mine. I just don't, I don't like that. That and squishing the brisket. (laughs) We, Dude, we went to this barbecue joint in Cleveland tonight. And uh, we had to risk it. And Rick was like, you want me to squish it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> do not squish it. <laughs> do not squish it. I just, I'm just like, wait, are you, they, are you trying to say it's moist? Because really that's just fat. You're, you're squeezing out between your point and the flat. It's, it has right. nothing to do with how good that brisket is. I don't know. That just, those are probably my two biggest pet peeves on, online <laughs> with social media in relation to barbecue. All right, I think I know the answer to this next one, but I'm going to ask it. What is one of your favorite pre, during, or post-competition meals? Ooh. Uh, Mexican food on Saturday night. A lot of times, the Muttley crew and uh, others, if they're around, we go do Mexican food. That's that's one of my biggest. And then uh, I love a Klondike bar right after brisket turning. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. I knew the Mexican yep. food, and I was also going to put chicken wings in there. But oh, now chicken wings I could eat three times a day and twice and four times on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I can always eat. I can always eat chicken wings, but uh, rarely, rarely at a barbecue contest do people want to go get a bunch of chicken wings. Um, but Mexican food is always down, and every town seems to have a halfway decent Mexican Mexican restaurant. So That's usually true. a pretty safe bet. All right. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? 
love, man. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, wow, it just got <laughs> weird again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. I like to keep it almost in the weird zone, pretty much all the time. That's fine. Um, that's fine. No, I don't. I don't really have a, a go-to present, if you will. I should probably get one. I do mm-hmm. the underwear thing. It's a lot of fun because it is yeah. weird. <laughs> it is weird. I should probably. Yeah, I should definitely get one. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna have to really focus more on that. There you go. All right, last one. If you could have okay. a gi- gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting the message out to millions or billions of people, what would it say and why? Slow down and enjoy the ride. This world right. has gotten fast, man. We've all, we, I think, I think everybody's just, everything is such a rush, rush, rush. And I, part of that's created by social media and access to everything. And, um, and quite honestly, that's the part I love about barbecues, man. I mean, you just kind of, you chill, you know, and uh, slow you down and to, enjoy the ride. Life, life is too short. You have to slow down. You have to think about what you're doing and you have to take those steps and, <laughs> And that can apply to just about anything that you're doing in your life. Take a minute, take a breath, yep. pull yep. your head out of your Slow ass think about what yeah. you're going to do. Yep. yep. <laughs> they're they're going to put us all in a box one day, man. We're not taking anything with us. And um, just about every elderly person I encounter, if you ask them, they, they will give you some advice to that. You know, if you, if you want to go do something, do it, take the vacation, eat the pizza, you know, enjoy it. Play that game of basketball with your kid, even when you're busy. You know, whatever whatever the scenario is, they just about all can look back at their life and give give me that advice. Yep, absolutely. So slow down and enjoy the ride, man. I think that's what mine would be. <laughs> slow down and enjoy the ride. Sincerely, Scully. Well, Brian, it's been a pleasure, man. Where can people find you online? Um, Instagram is at Smoking Scully's without the G. Uh, Facebook, I have the Smoke and Scully's barbecue page. I have my personal page, Brian Corbett, uh, spelled with an I and Brian the correct way. And Corbett, C-O-R-B-E-T-T. Um, <laughs> the correct way. There's a lot of people that misspell their first name with a Y. I don't get it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe your parents were just freaking morons. I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Instagram and Facebook, man, that's probably the two the two best places to find me online sweet i try to stay pretty active on there post pictures post results if people ask a question i'm gonna answer it yeah you may not like it but i'll answer yep and keep it keep your eye on that top 10 of the kcbs standings folks because someone just cracked her in there this weekend so did i I crack in there i believe you did oh wow okay i need to go (laughs) check that out yep and i don't don't think you're gonna see him leave it so Ah, man, I hope not. I, I was actually looking at the schedule the other day. I think in, in June right now, I don't have a single contest on the books. Um, that may have to change. So <laughs> I may have to. I'm a geographical cook, man. I, I'm a I'm a five-hour dude, man. If it's more than five hours, I don't like to go. And uh, I may have yeah. to I may have to alter that a little bit. Hey, got to ride her till she bucks you, buddy. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Yeah, never, it's, it's been a fun ride the last year and a half or so, and, and hopefully it'll last a little longer. I've enjoyed it. It's been fun, and let's go. Yes, let's do it. All right, brother. 
We'll see you in a couple weeks, man. Yeah, man. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke TikTok as well. Old Virginia Smoke, one word. That's all you have to search for. It's hilarious. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2022.